It's the True Achievements Podcast E3 Special. Fill the difference. We analyse Mr. Spencer's conference performance. No sleep till sunset. Insomniac's latest trailer gets us all excited. Hello, 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 hello. Master Chief Collection comes to Xbox One with 4,000 gamer score. Vive la Revolution. Assassin's Creed Unity brings co-op to the series. And Capcom force us to increase our database tables as Super Ultra Dead Rising 3 Arcade Remix Hyper Edition EX Plus Alpha drops. All this and more on your Twitch streaming, achievement app loving, pre-rendered hating, True Achievements podcast. Welcome everyone to the True Achievements Podcast for E3 E3. 2014. E3 baby. (laughs) E3 baby. Uh, As always, I'm your host, OC Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay. Uh, Joining me again this month, we have Michelle, otherwise known as Matrarch, otherwise known as M. Say hello, Michelle. Excellent. Never going to indulge me in the joke, but that's okay. (laughs) And back after a month of working hard at the grindstone, we've got Rich, (laughs) otherwise known as True Achievements. Say hello, Rich. Hello. Nice to be back. All right, we are recording this the Saturday after E3, uh, so we've had some time to process all of the big announcements, um, all the big reveals, uh, look at some of the gameplay footage, look at some of those gloriously pre-rendered cutscene <laughs> trailers, uh, and we're just going to sit down and have more of a loose informal chat kind of about the E3 experience this year. Um, let's just jump right in and start with the Microsoft show. Uh, I just want to kick this off by saying Phil Spencer, I think he did a really good job of hosting. Uh, I, I think it was bold of him to say, to kick it off, to say today we're dedicating our entire briefing to games. Yeah. And that their goal mm-hmm. is to make the Xbox One the best place to play games. Which he set this up in the weeks beforehand saying games, games, games. That that was going to be the focus of E3 for Microsoft. It's going to be games, games, games. Uh, I think they kind of delivered that as just a general overall feeling. What are you guys' thoughts on the overall tone of the show before we get into starting starting to talk about the games. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think he was he hosted it well. His script was really well written. I thought it hit the right notes. Um, he had a lot of love for indies, um, but he also he spoke with passion. Uh, he 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 thanked the uh, Xbox audience, the global audience, not just the ones in the room, for their feedback on the Xbox One, which I thought was an interesting way to put yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I thought he handled it really well. I thought it was generally generally very good. Definitely a step up from Don Matrix, I think. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think too that it was, um, you know, it explains why we got all these announcements pre-E3, you know, about 45 new entertainment apps and the, the $400 console without the Kinect. Like, it was... When it when that happened in real time, it was sort of you know well, what's what's left to announce at the show because that's typically what you do. You go, oh, here's a new console, it's four hundred dollars and it's available now. Go buy. Um, but they, he delivered exactly what his messaging was, and that's just the biggest turnaround from last year's E3 is the messaging matched what we saw. Yes, yeah. what they said we were getting, we got. And that was a relief in many, many ways. Yeah, there was one thing I thought which was slightly weird, which was all the little cuts to developers talking about um, their favorite mm-hmm. c- characters and their favorite games, what games they'd like to mash up together. I, th- I don't know, I didn't time how long they were, but mm-hmm. they must have lost about five minutes of the show to these little 
cutscenes, which, I, to be honest, personally, I'd have rather have seen more of the maybe idea Xbox titles because they just flew by. Yeah. Um, and it was very difficult to make any sort of judgment on any of those because the, the footage was so short. But I would have rather that. I, I don't know why they did it. I mean, it, I think it was maybe I they think, had to change the stage. I think that was more a staging yeah. thing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it was, it was just to get get one person out and get another person on instead of looking at an empty stage. I think it was just it was like commercial bumpers, almost. yeah. Like it was just so they could rearrange the set. I mean, I quite enjoyed watching them. It just felt like five minutes of wasted time where we could have seen more games, 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 games. And, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> the Microsoft conference was one of the few that was actually put on television here in the states. So it could have been oh, to make really? it a more uh, a more viewer friendly experience, so that it put buffers, put some celebrities up there. Um, I know they used uh, Taron mm-hmm. Killam and Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live. Um, they used two of the guys from the HBO show Silicon Valley. So they're trying to get a little bit of star power in there, I think, just to make it a little yeah. more visual for uh, less hardcore gamers who might have just flipped into the conference to see the big titles that they might be interested in play as casual gamers, which is mm-hmm. – oh, and I was going to segue that right into, which is what Microsoft kicked off the show with um, by showing yes. more Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, and is it just me or do they always kick off the show with Call of Duty? I feel like they do. I- well, I think it's because they, whatever relationship they have with Activision, they usually get that one console, involved, you know, one that Xbox One exclusive DLC. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. I mean, I get that, but <laughs> to me, it would have been, it would have been better to open with something like Crackdown, something like Sunset Overdrive, something that was a bit, you know, a um, exclusive. Um, it's it's all about we're not their target audience. Yeah. We're we're the the we're already in their hands. We're not the people they're aiming the show for. True. They're, you know, t- Time Magazine will run an article on Call of Duty as a franchise because it's so huge and it's so dominant. They're not going to run anything on Crackdown. That's why you start with yeah. that. And even um, Sony's conference started with Destiny, which is a new IP, but still, this is a big game that we've known a lot about that we've seen. And it wasn't to show Destiny, it was to say, oh, but we get it first, or we get a beta, or whatever it was. And that was something that I thought was really interesting about Microsoft's conference, is that they mentioned Destiny at the end of it, but they didn't show anything. And I'm wondering if that was something contractual between uh, Activision and uh, Bungie and Sony, that Sony was the only one who got to show off uh, Destiny stuff. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, there's clearly a big deal involved there. They Destiny led the Sony show. It's an, uh, co- I don't know if it's console exclusive or it's first to Sony, but they're getting a beta for Destiny. Um, and there's the Destiny console they announced, mm-hmm. too. It's going to have the pack in. So that there's clearly a lot going on there where this was, uh, okay, we can't really, you know, you're going to be on the Sony stage. We know it's coming to every console, but yeah. you're here as part of the Sony um, announcement. And, I, again, I think that... that- reinforces your point michelle that hardcore gamers like the plugged in audience knows that destiny is coming to all these platforms like i i pre-ordered destiny for the xbox one i got a beta code their beta is coming in july i think uh so it's yeah it's coming to everything but i think it's that advertising push that sony is the the first place to be able to say hey we're getting destiny yeah and if that was something you were on the fence about as a gamer i mean and didn't know that it was coming to every other platform, you might not know that. Um, but here's just a quick not a quick non-sequitur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Ubisoft was trumpeting the sales of Watch Dogs, um, how it sold like 4 million units across all platforms, the best-selling new IP of all time. Is Destiny going to crush that? I feel like Destiny's going to crush that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I really don't know. I, I feel like as watching it when it started, like I, I haven't actually seen that much Destiny stuff. 
And when they showed it at the beginning of the Sony press conference, I'm like, well, this looks nice, but I'm already going to get Halo yeah, Master Chief exactly. Collection. I don't need this too. It looks so Halo. So. Anyway, we're skipping. Let's just quickly cover Call of Duty because um, it was a bit different. It was a, a mild departure from yeah. from the series. So it's set in 2054, uh, which is obviously considerably in the future. Um, and I thought it was incredibly pretty, wasn't it? I know, admittedly, it's, it yeah. opened with well, about five yeah. minutes of pre-rendered stuff. Um, but even the non-pre-rendered stuff looked really impressive. I thought graphically, it was it was right up there. Um, the, the notes the notes that I wrote down are: it looks like another Call of Duty game, which I said gorgeous set pieces, yeah. great graphics and cutscenes. But it really didn't do anything for me. It looks like another Call of Duty style game with with a little added layer of tech on yeah. it. But it's going to be exactly what that audience wants. It's going to sell a bajillion copies. People are probably going to like it. Uh, the thing that I want to know is what kind of critical reception is it going to get? I know the critical reception for Ghost wasn't that great. I really liked the um, campaign of Ghost. I thought it was fantastic, actually. Well, um, well I, yeah. And, and then that could just be like critics are getting fatigued. Oh, totally, and the audience yeah. might not be yet. Uh, but I... I I know it's going to be one of these years, and one of these years, Call of Duty is going to not do as well, and it's going to cause some people to think. Well, this and did feel I really a bit wonder different. when that's going to it be. It did feel a bit different yeah. with the future tech. There was a lot of very high jumping going on. There were mechs mm-hmm. kicking around. It did remind me of Titanfall a bit from some of the uh, <laughs> early footage. Um, you know, there was those swarms of robotic flying things that you can only beat off with a door from a car. Uh, there was drones i quite like the did you see the bit with the grenade where he could choose yes uh, yeah. what the grenade mm-hmm. did when it exploded and it was like a homing grenade that was quite cool um yeah generally i thought it, it looked quite cool kevin spacey appeared briefly at the end is this the first cod that's being developed by the new studio that's in yes. the location so, i mean that's Sledgehammer, right. So this is another big deal for it. You know, um, we talked about this before when this was announced that there was going to be a third studio in the rotation. But people tend to like their, you know, their modern warfare or their black ops. You know, they they tend to kind of fall one way or the other. So this is a totally new look from a totally new studio. They're obviously doing something different with the future tech, as you were Mm -hmm. discussing. Um, and I mean, they led with it for a long time. Yeah, Wasn't minutes, they showed was. one trailer, right? It's, a, it's an hour and a half program. Yeah. And so one sixth of the program was all Call of Duty. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, too much. Uh, with, Ten minutes would have been fine. Yeah. Exactly. Like I felt when I was watching, as we sag into the next game, what they showed, which was uh, Forza. Um, I'm not interested in either of those franchises. I don't really play them. So <laughs> the first 25 yeah. minutes of the press conference, I'm like, all right. Um, I'm just going to keep watching. Something will come for me. Yeah, well, let's let's transition right into that uh, because I'm in the exact same boat, Michelle. Like I'm, I don't really like Call of Duty. I'm not a big racing game fan. Rich, I know those are your two. <laughs> this E3 was. <laughs> Did I tell you I'm I'm very close buddies with Phil Spencer these days? I I chose the running order. Um, <laughs> the cool thing about the Forza stuff was they opened with the free um, yes. DLC announcement, um, which I immediately downloaded. Uh, which was huge, actually. The, the title update was um, 14 gig. Wow. Um, I think that might be because wow. they hadn't downloaded the previous one as well, which there was also a new a free track in. But um, Nürburgring is obviously a uh, very well-known, well, it's not obviously, but over in Europe it's a very, it's a very well-known um, track in Germany. A huge, long 16-mile racetrack. And it's a huge amount of fun to drive around. It's got a ridiculous back straight that um, is about two minutes long, even driving at... 200 mile an hour in your McLaren P2 Um, and it came with a load of new achievements as well so free DLC with achievements is a good thing and um, I've picked up 
three of them so far. A lot of them are quite grindy, like get 25 golds in career mode on the Nurburgring. They're all Nurburgring focused, the new achievements, but um, right. good to get stuff for free. Yeah, everyone loves free stuff. Uh, yeah. The one the one thing that I wrote down, I just wrote a couple of notes about Forza Horizon 2. Uh, Drive Atar is back. But I, yes. is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think they said... Great thing. Okay, because I think they mentioned something how they've already incorporated your Drive Atar from Forza 5 and you'll yeah, be able to use so it in Horizon 2. What if you become a significantly better driver? I mean, you get a... Ju- well, no, your Drive Atar is, um, is out there playing when you're not playing against your friends and stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Um, as you drive more, it updates your driver's profile effectively. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it, if you get become a better driver, then your driver's will also become better. I just wonder, I just kind of wish, and I imagine some gamers might want this too, that you could hit a hard reset on your driver's because <laughs> well, just start, it just start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm very excited for Forza Horizon 2. I've already put my pre-order in, and uh, it's set in Europe oh, wow. this time, yeah. which is cool. Um, Yes, can't wait for that. Yeah, the other thing I wrote um, from the trailer, ooh, shiny cars, but then a next-gen yes. machine should be able to do that. Um, yeah, it's the same yeah. engine as Forza 5. But somehow, um, and I, this could just be me being ignorant, it didn't look as impressive as what we saw to Forza 5. I agree, it, but probably because it's doing more. Okay. So it's an open world. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine they've toned, they've had to tone down some of some of it. It's a much more arcade racer. Okay. Um uh, I thought the Nissan GTR looked particularly fine, and it's got um, day and night and dynamic weather, which obviously adds yeah. um, to the processing. So yeah. maybe it can't look quite as shiny. Okay, all right. Um, the next game isn't the first new IP they talked about um, for the Xbox One. Uh, I remember I read the cover story in Game Informer about this game, uh, but it's Evolve, uh, and the announcements they made uh, at Microsoft were. The beta is going to be an Xbox One exclusive, and DLC, I think, is going to be on the Xbox One first. Uh-huh. This looks impressive to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I I wrote a couple of notes. I was like, this looks impressive. This is a game I wouldn't want to play with, quote-unquote, randoms. Um, yeah. And then the new char- they revealed some new characters in the new monster, which I think is called the Kraken. This is a game, I, I think this game looks really neat, but I don't know if I'm going to play it. Because yeah, I agree. Uh, you, need, you need to find a group exactly. You need to find and a group. regularly play together, don't you? Yeah, because if you don't you have a group, you're going to be matched up with randoms, and we all know how well that works. Um, yeah, it, it was Left for Dead combined with Dead Space, wasn't it? In, in my eyes, anyway, it looked quite it looked quite scary in some of the. Yeah, movies. I would say that's a really good analogy. Left for right, Dead yeah. mixed with like, yeah, Monster Hunter. Left for Dead Space. Yeah, Dead Space. They should have called it. Yeah, but it looks it looks. Gorgeous. I, I'm very curious about this, but again, I don't know if I'm ever going to play this game because I don't know if I'm going to have three other, three or four other friends that I'll be able to play with all the time on it. Um, and I totally carry that thought through to the next game. Yeah. Um, next game was uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, they revealed co-op, which I think is cool. And it's long overdue for that franchise. Uh, but again, I'd be worried about idiot friends. <laughs> Playing with idiots. Um, it, it looks next gen, but it didn't look great. Um, the frame rate just didn't look great. And this is something that I kind of think is a common theme. I think it's going to be really hard to show off and demo these games with our current internet streaming technologies. Because if you're going to play something from your Xbox One to your HD TV, it's going to look better than it will coming from on a stream from yeah Twitch, on a stream yeah. from Twitch or through a YouTube trailer. Um, oh yeah. So I'm just kind of it. It's going to be really hard to tell how how these things look. Agreed. 
I didn't think the animations looked particularly good when he was walking through that the That was crowd. exactly what I thought. Yeah, that's where I noticed it dropping. Yeah. Um, it was a bit juddery, yeah. wasn't it? And the crowd didn't seem to move particularly realistically. However, having said that, though, when he did get into the building, and again, the climbing mechanics looked great, uh, when he got into the building and was doing some of the executions, especially the doubles, I thought they looked fantastic. Really, really smart. Um, right. Um, the, the other note that I wrote down is it makes me want to play more Dishonored uh, because it seemed to put a heavier focus on, like, sneaking around, doing missions how you yeah. want to do them. Uh, and I'm just going to flash ahead because they showed off more of it at the Ubisoft press conference, um, which the stuff they showed at the Ubisoft press conference for the game made it look even better. Um, but the things that, that kind of bothered me, or why does the main character, um, who you hear the voiceover on it, why does he have an English-American accent? I mean, Ubisoft is a French company. They're sending this in the French Revolution. They can't find somebody with a French <laughs> accent to be their protagonist. Now, this this character could be an English-American guy who's come to France to blah, 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 blah. There's, there could be a character motivation behind it. But I was like, really? You're a French company. I'm sure it's a marketing decision. <laughs> that, that could very well be it, too. Well, they've always they've always managed in in uh, Assassin's Creed, courtesy of the Animus, to conveniently yes. explain away all inconsistencies <laughs> with language, uh, accents, all of that stuff. It just so so they can do that, they can get away with doing that. He can have whatever accent they please, um, and and it still makes sense within the canon of the story. But hopefully, there'll be some better reason because Ezio had an accent that was appropriate of his. Uh, you know the area he was from, so so hopefully they do tell us why that's the case. I'd be interested to see how much. So was the Ubisoft presentation again focused on the co-op, or was there? They focused mainly player? on single player. Yeah. They basically took through uh, an assassination mission to take out this French army officer who was executing, uh, I believe, civilians at the guillotine. So you, I, I think, the way they showed it off is you had to sneak into somewhere, uh, interrogate some guys, and get some information out of an old guy, and then you actually went after the. Uh, the target. So I wonder if there's a sim- single player campaign and then there's separate co-op mission. Or it could be something where the way the way I think it looked is as you're walking through the single player world, you can accept missions and they said maximum number of players to do this oh, mission. I see. So perhaps that's where you can pull in co-op or right. uh, they didn't really show off how that all works if co-op is integrated into the single player or if it's a special co-op mode. Um, I think it looks more like it's something integrated in the single-player experience. <laughs> so if it's a thing where you could take it or leave it, I think that could be really cool. Um, yeah. But again, I'm I'm so burned out on Assassin's Creed right now. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Well, I think at its heart it has to be single-player because, um, you know, in terms of sales, that's what people play Assassin's Creed. Yeah, there's a multiplayer, yeah. but they're playing it because they want to immerse themselves in that campaign to suddenly turn it on its head and say, listen now you're going to need to find three buddies to play this game with. You're not going to get the full experience. Like you will not at all. That that's a dangerous strategy. So it's cool. Something to have there and sort of start, you know, putting into people's heads, but at its core, it's still going to be a single player experience. And the one thing I just want to touch on this real quick, because it was really the bucket that Ubisoft stepped in with this game. Um, and I noticed, I heard the controversy before I saw the, the press conference, but they had a woman on stage demoing the game as a character, but there are no female characters in Assassin's Creed Unity. And the excuse that Ubisoft said is it would have been too much work to put in female characters for the co-op. It was poor. It's ridiculous. And it's really, 
it's really poor messaging from them. You know what? I can almost guarantee, I'm not willing to actually guarantee, but I can almost guarantee that the first DLC is going to have a female yeah. character skin you can play as in the co-op mode. I, yeah, I would say that's probably pretty smart. I mean, how big is Ubisoft as a company that they didn't have the resource to do that? that you know, like, Rich, if you ever, ever watched AC um, yeah. credits at the end, they, they use every studio on the planet. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right. I just thought it was right. Really they poor. can't stick one on that uh, on that task. And it's not that they don't have female character models from the multiplayer in the other games yeah. that they couldn't just update and upgrade into this. And one. I think one of the former uh, animators at Ubisoft said how. I think her name was Aveline from Assassin's Creed Liberation. Shares more animation with Connor Kenway than uh, or Edwin or Edward Kenway does. So Connor's father. So there's more in common between the main protagonist of Assassin's Creed Three and Aveline in Assassin's Creed Liberation than there is between two <laughs> male characters in Assassin's Creed Three. So I thought that was really interesting. But again, I don't want us to go too far down this path. But the representation of women in games—it's something that. I know some gamers get really burned out on hearing about it, but it's really something that's super important. Um, so I think it's something to keep an eye on as this generation moves forward. Um, next game up was Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, this is obviously, if you know me at all, this is a game that I'm very interested in. Um, DLC is going to be first on the Xbox One, and I think that this is a trend we're going to see more of as this generation goes forward, that we're going to see fewer third-party exclusives but we're going to see more of these type of deals where a certain console will get something first. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. I think that satisfies a lot. Um, yeah. And the stuff they showed off looked good, but but not great to me. Um, I thought it was pretty. Yeah, and they showed off more at the EA press conference, um, and it looked way better at EA for some reason. And I think they're doing a really interesting thing with that game in that they're trying to blend in the tactical nature of Dragon Age Origins with the more hack-and-slash action-focused nature of Dragon Age 2. And they're doing this thing where they're letting gamers kind of pick how they want to play it. So you can actually move in and do like combat, switching between characters, making it more of a visceral combat-focused experience. Or you can take a step back and do a more tactical approach like Dragon Age Origins. So I think it's really cool that they're giving an option of how you'd like to play it. Um, but it looks really chaotic and intense if you're going to be the mm. more controlling action-focused style of play where you can switch between all your party characters. To me, that seems like it could take a, it could have a real learning curve to it to learn how to master when you should be playing each of your party members. But I'm, I'm definitely going to get this game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I am something of a Bioware fanboy in that I tend to play and tend to like pretty much everything they make. Uh, but again, it looks good. It didn't look great yet, but I want to see more um, and actually get my hands on it before I'm really excited. Um, uh, I know neither of you two are big RPG f- people, so we'll just jump ahead into... Uh, my trailer of the show. Really? Sunset Overdrive was your trailer of the show? Yeah. I... Just for the for the, the opening scene, I thought it was so cool, because I didn't know what it was. And there's like an army guy yeah. in a shooter. It looks like standard sort of first-person shooter territory. And all of a sudden, this cartoon character flies through the door and says... Ah, cover mechanic, cool, or something like that. And yeah. um, it just carried on in that vein. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. And My, it looks, yeah, unusual, doesn't it? I mean, yes, it, it does. It's a bit borderlandsy, but I love the way, like when when you shoot guns, like words appear when mm-hmm. stuff blows up. I thought that was really, yeah, yeah. My, my first comment was, "Whoa, this <clears throat> looks cool and fun slash unique." Um, yeah, it, very unique. Yeah, it's sort of 
it's I mean it's like Dead Rising in terms of all the zombies, but it's a yeah. Parker style game. So Lots of rail sliding off and stuff. Yeah. I just yeah, I just worry with the trailer because yes. the trailer was so fast and so frenetic and everything was just happening perfectly. The gameplay experience is probably not going to be like that. You're going yeah, to be falling off zip lines. You're going to get killed by things. So, you know, in the ideal environment, that's what you want is that experience where you just jump off the walls and you hit the perfect shot and everything's great. So, like, that trailer got me all excited for the game. But then I have to remember mm. I'm really not that good at games. <laughs> and so I'm glad you brought that up because I, I wrote that I was um, kind of confused by the visual style. Like, how does the all these mechanics work together? It really looked frenetic. And the UI, yeah, right. the UI seemed way too clean. For that level of interactivity in the environment, like there was a power bar top right, wasn't there? And there right. was like a gun thing top left, yeah. which had like how many bullets you had. But yeah, you didn't, was, I didn't um, really see much labeling I, I, in the environment. My notes, and yeah, no, my notes say quite hard to see what was going exactly. on. Exactly, <laughs> uh, but I still thought the the comedy was. Right, yes. so that's definitely. Oh, and it looked fantastic, and it, you know it's stylized. It wasn't trying to look. No. Fo- after seeing yes. so many photo reel things. Um, so, you know, that, and I think that's part of what made it pop really when it was shown on the, on the show floor, because before this, if you think about what we've seen, Call of Duty and Forza and Assassin's Creed and Dragon's Age, all very realistic looking. That's what they're going for. So that really put a nice spotlight on this too, just that it was something different and not all the games had to look that way. Um, but how will it actually play? I I still don't know. That that trailer didn't I did notice there was an eight player multiplayer mode as well, which is unusual. I don't know whether that's like an, a, just a mm-hmm. completely separate, which I assume it is, but that's quite a lot of players in, in that crazy environment. I, I, should be I think cool. that this game is going to be really polarizing if only because the attitude in it. Like, I think you're really either going to love the attitude and like flair mm-hmm. this game rings, or it's just going to ring really hollow. I don't think people are going to be very mm-hmm. lukewarm on this game. I think it's going to be something you either really, really love or you really do not like. Um, and that's just, I, I think that's what Insomniac's going for here. They're going for a very specific vibe. Um, and I, I agree, it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air for the kickoff of this generation. It really sets a distance away mm-hmm. from, you know, the browns and grays and blacks and greens of most shooters. Um, it looks fun. I, I kind of want to try it. I hope there's some kind of demo that you can play. Yeah. Um, it may be something I rent just to check it out first. Right. Uh, but it's interesting to me, definitely, and it's console yeah. exclusive yeah. to Xbox oh, yeah. One, so that I think it's their big, big, well, one of their big new yes. IP things. So let's hope it does well. Let's hope it's a um, good game. So Absolutely. some people thought the announcement of the show was the mm-hmm. thing that came next. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Dead Rising Three <laughs> DLC. I didn't even write down the actual title of this DLC because it was, yeah, it's it was the title. most self-referential, self-paradizing Capcom <laughs> thing ever. My, my first note is, yeah. what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, this looks like exactly what Dead Rising needs because I didn't play Dead Rising 3 but I get the impression that it kind of got away from the zanier stuff that happened in Dead Rising 1 and to an extent Dead Rising 2 yes. and this injects that all in and just puts it all in the forefront um, if I owned or was interested in Dead Rising 3 I would get this immediately because this looks like it just is an, a mainline injection of fun into that game agreed well, I, I have to say for the record, it's a full title. It's Super Ultra Dead Rising 3 Arcade Remix Hyper Edition EX Plus Alpha. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is just a fantastic name. And, and it, like you said, it's very self-referential. They're definitely making fun of the way that they do things and how they've approached things. Um, people who are playing it seem to be having a blast with it. And everything in the trailer made you go like, wait, did he just, did he just pile drive a motorcycle? 
is, is that a zombie and bison? What, what did I just see? <laughs> um, and it's, it's great. I, um, I was actually sitting in a Best Buy waiting for help with something. And I was talking to a friend of mine about E3 and someone else on the line heard us. So we were chatting and he's like, you know what the best thing in the show was? What? <laughs> Dead Rising 3 thing. That was just fantastic. And so you got to think all these companies are here bringing their A-list yeah, games and, and all that. Pack. And it's a DLC yes. available now. That was the big hook at the end too. You could go and download it right away. Uh, that really made the splash of the show. I, I haven't downloaded it yet. Yeah. They just put the season pass for Dead Rising 3 on sale. It was part of Games with Gold this week. So I finally picked that it's up. It's quite expensive. So wow. I'm hoping I'll get that over. Yeah. It's yeah. twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, for the, the sorry, for the, this DLC pack and, was quite um, expensive. Yeah, I should point out this, the season pass right, does not include this, not this DLC pack. Um, I mm-hmm. haven't finished the single player yet, so yeah. I'm not going to pick it up just yet. But um, I thought it looked cool. It was, it was just sort of Street Fighter yeah. mixed with Dead Rising, wasn't it? It, it, looked, it looked good. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just it looks I, what Jay said. It looks like it gets back to the kind of hokiness, tongue in cheek type approach of Dead Rising that the game has definitely. Be- taken itself more and more seriously over the iteration. Yeah. And this looks like a nice return to form. Um, speaking of returning to form, the next game, uh, Harmonix got up. They talked a little bit, talked a little bit about Fantasia, mm-hmm. uh, Disney well, Fantasia. Well, talked very involved. little about it. I, I yeah. didn't have a clue what it was off to the end of what he said. But then they yeah. showed off, revealed Dance Central Spotlight. Uh, the big takeaway for me on this is that it's digital only, yeah. and it seems like it's going to be a really small game that they're looking to make bigger with, again, an influx of DLC. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, you're the Dance Central person amongst us. What are your kind of thoughts here about Dance Central Spotlight? Um, I think this is the way they have to go with it. Um, I, I don't know what the cost is going to be yet. They didn't reveal that. But you imagine as it's digital, it's going to be something like 20. And I think it's launching with 10 to 15 songs. But they said something or announced as well that they streamlined the yes. choreography process. Because that's why Dance Central DLC took so long, yeah. is they have to choreograph it. So they would put it out once a month because that's how long it took. With the new process they use they're going to be putting out new dlc every week yeah um so it's going to be highly expandable and all i mean i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it for sure the big hook was Um, that it was you're going to be playing stuff that's in the charts now um right exactly rather than six months ago yeah and then you know harmonics is great with the connect technology if history Mm -hmm. is anything and i'm excited because i see that even in just dance games you know new just dance game was announced in one of the conferences too um and there's a big difference between how just dance tracks on the connect and on the connect for xbox 360 um so i'm really really excited to see harmonics using the new technology yeah it should be good yeah and i think they mentioned did they mention at this point that Everything we'd seen prior to now was available this year, or that might even have been a little bit after this. Which is so, all of these games are going to be this year, which is right. quite cool. Yeah, all that stuff is coming out this year. And then um, we move into uh, Fable Legends mm-hmm. uh, from Lionhead. Uh, it looks. M- my notes here are: it looks ve- it looks next gen. Uh, yes. But then I was like, "Where's the user interface? It didn't. The screen looked really, really clean." Like, I didn't see much of a user interface there. My other thought is, why isn't the guy who's talking English? This is a Lionhead studio, and this guy's American. <laughs> um, yeah. The, um, I thought it was neat that um, you have heroes fighting against another player who's playing as the villain, and the villain gets to lay out enemies and traps and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that concerns me, to be honest. Because, I mean, surely the whole point of uh, RPGs and stuff is the, is the design of the world. Yeah. I mean, that's what keeps you... It's mm-hmm. what keeps you, draws you in, and keeps you there. And if it's someone else who's potentially not 
really very good at what, what they're doing about playing that bad evil overlord? What if they just do a terrible job of placing the traps and the and the baddies, and then you just sort of stroll through, or you find it impossible to get through? And I don't know. It seemed like I'm not sure how that will work. I, I want to know more. I you know I'm glad you brought that up, Rich, because I mean I like Fable, but this just looks very meh. I, I, I it did not set my world on fire. Um, Fable's kind of I I think Fable hit its high point with Fable Two. I thought Fable Three was really not that great. Um, the HD Fable remake was was fantastically adequate. I really enjoyed it, um, but I I don't know how I feel about this. I need to see and learn and maybe see more gameplay of it because I still don't know what this game is. Does this game have a single player component? Is it all just an MMO style? I will do. It will definitely. I s- Definitely. There's a beta coming for the multiplayer in July, I think okay. they said. So you will be able to get a better taste of it then. All right. Well, I'll check it out. But again, my expectations are pretty low uh, on this. Um, moving right along, um, Microsoft showed off some Project Spark stuff. Uh, the big reveal was that Conquer is going to be in it. But I, I again, this I don't have much of an interest in this Uh Tell me who Conquer is. How, why do I? Why was there a big thing about this? And I have no idea who this squirrel Conquer is. was a character that was a well, a rare property. So it was on Nintendo consoles, Game Boy, and whatnot, and started out as very right. family friendly. Um, and then they released Conquer Bad, Conquer's Bad Fur Day on the Nintendo sixty four, and it was very not family friendly. Um, so the, <laughs> the character got an edge to him, and the game's hysterical. I mean, if you ever had a chance, and then I think it was ported. And, and updated to the original Xbox, which I still want to call right, the Xbox okay. One, but that would be wrong. Um, <laughs> but it was it was ported there, and um, that's kind of the last we've heard. So this is, uh, yeah, ten, yeah, over it said a ten years now. since I was in the game, um, and yeah. it's you know a character that sort of pops up in thinking now and again because not only was Conker's Bad Fur Day sort of a eye opener, because especially on a Nintendo platform. That it was so adult themed, and it was a character that was formerly not that way. Uh, but it was also a really good game. It was a solid platformer. But I don't know what Conquer being in Project Spark actually does for anybody. It's it. it I don't know. I have no idea why that was. A big <laughs> I don't know either. Deal. I assume they will release a load of Conquer themed worlds. I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, Spark's interesting, but I I would rather spend my time playing games than making games. Mm-hmm. So I just yes, yeah, I, I don't totally agree. Well, yeah. Little Big Planet's been a big deal for the PlayStation, and I mm-hmm. think that's what this is. This is, you know, the game creator that you're going to use on the Xbox, and just like COD, there's an audience for it, there's a market for it. it doesn't unfortunately yeah. it doesn't happen to be any of us because we can't speak with great authority on it. I've played it, but I, <laughs> oh, did you do the beta? No, no, no. I played it at Gamescom last year. Um, oh, it's okay. interesting. I mean, we did quite a lot of the world creation stuff, and you could build stuff, but it, it's just the time it takes and. I right. mean, I'm a big Little Big Planet fan as well, but I've, the most fun I've had playing that is playing the levels that have been designed by the studio, not by the general public. And mm-hmm. unless there's a whole ton of stuff that um, comes, you know, that the designers have actually built for for Spark, I'd... you'd have to imagine with the Conquer announcement that they are building yes. levels because they're going to build a level or two that features that. So I'm sure that'll be part of the pack-in, or I would imagine it would. Mm. It's an interesting game. I mean, they, they can they can build pretty much any game type. You can have a racing game, you can have a first-person shooter, you can have a third-person shooter, you can have a RPG, uh, all within the same engine. So it's powerful, but, you know, have you got time to, to delve into it? And mm-hmm. Do you want to be trying hundreds of community things, 99% of which will be rubbish? Yeah. 
This sounds like, uh, we'll get to it a little later, but it sounds like the argument people would make about idea at Xbox, mm. too. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Let's, let's move on to the next game they showed off, which uh, is Ori and the Blind Forest. I have three notes mm-hmm. that I wrote after watching this. First one was, what is this? Second one is, it's so sad, with an yeah. exclamation point. And the third one is, I hugged my dog. Like, my dog was actually watching it, and I'm like, I felt like I needed to hug my dog. But that's, I mean, it, if, if I remember correctly, it's basically a game that looks very black and white, and, yeah. um, so, like, the main, what appears to be a main character, like, adopts some sort of, like, a dragon, and then dies, yeah. but, I, I, I mean, I didn't look at much of our continuing coverage of it, or post-show coverage, uh, but this looked like something interesting, but just really, really sad. Yeah, it did look sad. I thought I've, my notes are interesting, slightly trippy, probably a platformer. Dunno. <laughs> that's that's my review. I mean, <laughs> this is the kind of game for me where I look at this and went, oh, I'm purchasing. Like this is so yeah. something that I would get. It's definitely platformer style play. Um, you know, and and there it, it seems like they built a storyline into it. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games where the storyline is told all in like sound effects and and things like that. Um, but I mean, they did explain some stuff. There's a dark owl. You see it in the, in the trailer named Kuro and that it's causing the forest to die. So I think that's why that creature that saved the main character, uh, appears to Mm -hmm. die in the trailer. Um, and that character you're playing as has to save the forest. But what was interesting was, um, so I, I put up an article on the site about this game, Mm -hmm. you know, later in E3 and in that article, so uh, it said in there that it is actually coming to Xbox 360 as well. Oh. Um, but it said it's a to be determined. Yeah. Like it didn't say the date or anything like that. It just, but it did note in there and into because sometimes they'll make a mistake or they'll just throw something in there. But it, it mentioned the two distinct portions in the uh, fact sheet that it's also going to be on the Xbox 360. So if people were interested in this when they showed it on the floor, but they don't have ones yet. This is actually something that's going to be coming out on both consoles eventually. Presumably an arcade download. I would imagine so, but we don't know for sure. Presumably, yeah. It very much looks like a downloadable. Yeah, as someone, just as an aside, someone writing, you know, about this, and, and, you know, we use our tag system, which Rich has implemented many moons ago, which is wonderful. Um, But... These things, well, it's it's so easy. We check a box, right? But all these Xbox One <laughs> titles, because they're 1000G, they don't even note whether or not they're a digital download or an arcade title on the 360 anymore. So we have to sit there and go, is this retail? Is this yeah. XBLA? We really don't know in a lot of cases because they don't bother to tell us. For Ori, it just said Xbox 360. Yeah. It did not say Xbox Live Arcade. So it very well could be coming to retail for all we know. Okay. Speaking of stuff that's coming to retail, <laughs> Halo! <laughs> The first note I have, and I think they teased something before they showed off the Master Chief Collection, was just, whoa, what was mm-hmm. that? Uh, so I think they were showing off a little bit of Halo 5. But the yes. second note I have is, man, that music is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's I, do n- I don't know if there's a better music in games than that Halo well, this, And, and so now they've, lost their, they've fired their composer, so who knows what we're going <laughs> to Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. Crazy. Um, but the Master Chief Collection is coming out this year on the Xbox One. It packages Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo 4, um, all with HD upgrades, um, all of them with 1,000 achievement points. Mm. It's all going to run at 1080p, mm-hmm. 60 frames per second. Um, the, Ooh, multiplayer, the multiplayer as well. Yeah. All, over 100 multiplayer maps running on their original engines on dedicated servers. Um, the sad thing, and I'm such, I know I'm in the minority of this, 
it leaves out my two favorite Halo games, which were Reach and ODST. <laughs> I like Reach. I didn't like ODST. We've talked about this before because ODST yeah. plays to my style, which is a little more slow and methodical. And, and you're yeah. you're more of the Russian and kill everything guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, um, but all of that content on one right. disc, which I yeah. thought was interesting to announce. The fact that it's all on one disc and has four different achievement lists is interesting. But mm. a friend of mine said when they made that announcement, like, wow. This thing out, Orange Box, is the Orange Box. This has got to be the yeah. best. And it's $60, typical price. It's not that you're going to be paying any more for yep. it. And one thing, I don't think you mentioned it in your rundown, Jay, but one of the things I think is really interesting about this is you can mix and match the playlists across games. Yeah, custom playlists. So if you want to yeah, if you want to play cool. a multiplayer map from Halo 1 and you want to play another multiplayer map from Halo 4, you can do that. Or if you want to play a campaign, the, all the campaigns are open from the start because they assume if you're buying this, you've played yeah. the games. And so nothing's going to be a surprise to you. So that's wonderful because you can just jump right in. If you want to play a Flood playlist because you hate yourself, go for it. You can just go <laughs> ahead and set it up and make it happen. And that's really just – it's cool. It's cool that it's going to operate that way. And I'm, I'm curious with the lists. Like, I would guess because each gets its own unique thousand, we're not going to see things like make a playlist of, you know, all featuring one map from each of the four games. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to see the achievement list. It should be really interesting. I, I'm, I'm yeah. excited for it. I've never played Halo 2, so this is great for me because I'm going to finally actually play every game in the – Halo, well, save Halo mm. Wars. I haven't played that yet. Halo 2 is kind of where the lore of that series goes off the rails. So just <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Halo 2, I have to say. You switch you switch from Master Chief, don't you? You play as someone else. You play as the Arbiter oh, for part yes, of it. that's right. Okay. Which I didn't like. Oh. But no, it'd be good to see it all but, HD'd up and absolutely. next-gen'd up. And absolutely. Yeah, I will definitely be picking up so much content, really, if you think about how many hours that, that game will take. Yep. Especially on Legend. I, you see, I may hold off on picking this up, mainly because the only game out of this collection that I don't hat still have access to is Halo 2. Uh, so I may wait for a while. I think eventually I'll pick it up just so I have like an anthology disc of it. You, do, uh, are you not going to get it for the TV show? That I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that was one of the most interesting things I found, is that they're doing this Halo Nightfall, yeah. and Ridley Scott is attached yeah. to it. What I also, also on the same disc. Uh, I thought was interesting about Halo <laughs> yeah. Nightfall is it was the only non-gaming announcement during Microsoft's entire E3 presentation. Phil Spencer lied to us. Yep. Bad messaging again, Microsoft. <laughs> <sighs> um, but the other thing that may be uh, another major selling point is that uh, picking up the Master Chief Collection will get you access to the Halo 5 yes. Guardians mm-hmm. beta. Yes. At the end yes. of the year. Which has new game uh, modes So that's going to be well, a big thing. In the multiplayer, which yeah. sounded cool. You think we're going to get challenges for betas? Ooh. I, ooh. I don't... That's a good question. Th- ooh, I'm not sure they can do that. Hmm. They don't count as proper titles, so I don't think... But they if they download it as I don't know. an app... I don't know. Yeah, that's true. If it was an app. Then... Yeah. Then you could. You could. Zero pointers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. Play Dead Studios was up next mm-hmm. with their... Next game, um, Playdead famously made Limbo, uh, yes. one of the better. Doesn't look Xbox like they've moved on very games. much. Does it? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Slightly 3D it, it, it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's called Inside. Um, it's the one thing that I noticed was this is first on Xbox, so Ooh. it is probably a multi-platform title, but it's going to be on Xbox first. Um, definitely dark, looks Limbo-y. Yes, um, I, but it looks like it has more of an isometric perspective, have, so it's less. 2D. I have a one-word review of this as well, which is gloomy. <laughs> yes, gloomy. <laughs> uh, it looks like I you controlled agree. a small boy. Well, and when I initially watched the 
Microsoft press conference. I was actually watching it on mute because I was watching it at work because I'm such a terrific employee. And um, <laughs> so I, you know, I wasn't watching with sound and I saw it come on and I was confused at first because I'm like, is this just a, you know, a 3D upgrade to Limbo? Because it, yeah, it looks like... Yeah, you had the Limbo t-shirt the on same, as well, didn't it, 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 yep. before he introduced That was the first thing I said in the chat room, like, oh, Limbo shirt. Cause that's, and then they showed <laughs> that that trailer. So until they revealed the title within there, I really thought it was just a Limbo upgrade, um, which is good and bad. You know, you want to see studios kind of branch out and do things, but Limbo was great, and it was very effective mm. at what it did. So, And, I mean, it was only, what... 90 minutes or something if you played it straight through without dying so it'd be nice to see a little more content from them yeah well apparently this has been four years in development yeah so mm-hmm. it's, it's a reasonable amount of time yeah I, I can't wait to see more of it to be honest i love limbo so i'm i'm happy to see what they can do yeah uh speaking of other more independent games uh id at xbox was up mm-hmm. next and this was the montage to end all montages <laughs> <laughs> uh out of all of those games some of them looked really neat some of them looked less neat uh, the one that jumped out at me was Hellraid, uh, which looked like a first-person medieval game from Techland. Uh, yes, they I saw off, that one. That was cool. They just flashed tons of like independent games that are coming uh, to the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have full coverage of most of those games on TA. And I know before we started recording, um, Michelle and I made the comment that this seems to be Microsoft's push right now because so many of these big games aren't coming out until 2015 that mm-hmm. these ID games are going to be those those space fillers where... Here's something new to play. Here's something new to play. Things that can be quickly and relatively cheaply produced in comparison, mm-hmm. you know, AAA games, but just getting content to gamers. Yeah, I right. don't mind. I don't mind that. I think, and the good thing is with the full 1K um, gamer score that they're attaching to all of these games, people will pick them up. People that wouldn't right. otherwise pick up these games will try them to get the to get the achievement. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I think. It, well, as I say, it says something about the community, though, because people wouldn't buy these indie games at one to three dollars. Most of these things are, you know, the ones that have been announced so far are ten or twenty. They'll pick it up yes. for ten or twenty because they're going to get a thousand gamer score. Yeah. The same That's exact game without the thousand gamer score is they won't pay a dollar for. And I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm not absolving myself of that either. There's also the notion that you get what you pay for. So if you're if you see something's only yeah. a dollar or two, you may not think that it's quality, but if you see something is like 10 or $20, sure. you think, oh, that's probably a game that had a lot of work put into it. And I have to say, the, the clips they showed, they all look pretty They smart. all do, I mean, None yeah. of them looked cheap, did they? No. I thought they all yeah. looked, looked good. And there was a lot of diversity in there as well. Absolutely. Did you see anything that stood out to you, Rich? Uh, Cuphead, I thought, looked mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. It was like a cartoony thing. But there was a couple, I didn't get the names, but there was a couple that were like black and white, um, again, sort of drawn style things, um, animate, almost like an animated uh, vibe that I thought looked really cool. Uh, but the problem I found with this was that there was just too little time to, to focus on anything, yeah. really. It was just like uh, having your head inside a TV and someone stood on the remote control. And, and I think that's where... Channel up. I think that's where actually being at E3 is a big advantage because most of those games probably did have something more on the show floor. Definitely look at the coverage on site because I'd say at least half of our E3 coverage has been idea at Xbox titles. I, I mean, yes. I feel personally like every story I've written, I'm like, oh, they announced a whole bunch of idea at Xbox titles. It's it just, it's been a huge amount of information. Because um, mm-hmm. back to what you said, it, the, the big titles, the big... AAA titles they announced are all for 2015. So they need to get us excited for these things we're going to play in the meanwhile. Uh, well, I'm not sure about that 2015 thing, because everything before Inside was this year. Right, right, right. So that's quite a lot of True. AAA stuff. True. There was, yeah, 
But well, I think, admittedly, we knew about all of it before. Just wanted to say one thing about the Idea mm-hmm. Xbox. The guy that introed it, who I can't remember his name or what his position is, I think he's the head of Idea at Xbox, he went through a load of stuff that they were doing to help support um, with like uh, free consoles and free middleware and stuff. And then his final remark, he made a really big thing about, and of course, the Xbox One can support eight simultaneous controllers. And like... I just need to make a really big thing of this. When I've not seen any game that even approaches uh, yeah. supporting eight simultaneous, presumably we've got something coming that you're going to have to spend more than you spend <laughs> on the console <laughs> in order to be able to play and find seven buddies. And how big does your TV and living room need to be to do that? Because I know I couldn't fit eight people around my TV to play a game. <laughs> it's just odd. Well, it's just, I, I think it's um, the nice thing about these smaller titles is it lets them focus on things that the big manufacturers aren't going to necessarily. So there were a couple, um, Chariot and Slashdash, I think. Slashdash may have online, but Chariot, I know for sure, the, the, it's a design decision that the multiplayer is just local because they feel like ah, cool. it's, it's, it's a couch co-op game. The point is to sit there with somebody and work through the right. puzzle That's with That's what them. we're missing. We're missing games and, like that. I used to love Micro Machines, which was like totally couch <laughs> for people. You know, really good fun. That's what we need, more of those sorts of games. Hopefully Idea Xbox will bring that Right, and there are a couple games that have been announced. I think Slashdash was another where, you know, it's built with the idea that you're going to have people sitting around the TV together and high-fiving one another when they win that round. Um, And I think that's really cool. And and big developers don't really think about that because it's all about mass distribution. We want it online playable so that everyone can play together really easily. A title like this, they don't mind if they're going to sell less units. Because, you know, the, the costs are different. So I'm excited to see stuff like that coming from this project. Me too. Uh, one thing I'm excited to see more of is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, that I, I wrote down great mm. trailer, but more pre-rendered BS. <laughs> yes, correct. Tomb Raider was definitely mm-hmm. one of the better games of the late generation for the Xbox 360. I'm really Really glad I picked that up because that was a, yes, so I was, that game was so fun. I was raving about that. You wasn't were, it? and rightfully so, because that game was great. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing more out of Rise mm-hmm. of the Tomb Raider, uh, especially if it's the same team who handled uh, the previous Tomb Raider handling it. Uh, I want to see what they come up with because it, the only thing stopping me from going for the full completion on Tomb Raider is playing the multiplayer, which I have zero desire to play. <laughs> it's not very good, but you can. Gets probably eight achievements really quickly if you're with someone that knows yeah. what they're doing. Um, you can boost you boost eight so of them pretty quickly. That's sadly so, all um, I have is the multiplayer achievements. Oh, you should play this. The campaign. The, the single player stuff is really outstanding, Michelle. It's mm-hmm. really good. There was no real clue as to what this game would be about. No. There was there. It was just. It, it, I get the impression because it's Rise of the Tomb Raider that she's going to be a bit more. Well, they said they said hardcore. in um, <laughs> in some of the press information that where the first game sort of introduced us to the fact that she's getting introduced to tomb raiding and all that, this game is about honing her skills. So she's, she's not yeah. completely green. She, she knows how to use all of her devices, that makes sense. but she's, she's becoming an expert at it in this iteration of the game. And I'm glad that they went for it because to my understanding, at least the initial run of tomb Raider didn't sell quite as well as they were expecting. I think they had some unrealistic expectations, they were hoping for it to be like a super mega hit and it was just a mega hit or something to that effect. Um, <laughs> but right, yeah. <laughs> very professional, <laughs> <laughs> but they, 
I, I'm glad that they didn't look at that and go, uh, well, you know, we rebooted the franchise and it did okay, but it didn't set the world on fire, so we'll just let it sit. Like, they jumped right back in, you know, they did the definitive edition on the Xbox One, so they're clearly still supporting this, which is good news. They're, they're making another Tomb Raider title, right, another um, arcade digital title as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still all in on this franchise, and the, yeah. the game that just came out shows that they they deserve this to be able to keep going and hopefully get at that point where it's becoming the top seller. Yeah. Um, another single player game. And this, the one note that I wrote is this is game of the show for me thus far. And, and that's the Witcher three, the wild hunt. Um, mm-hmm. My first note is this looks awesome. Um, <laughs> I, the frame rate looked kind of crap on the stream I was watching, but that game, I, that is probably one of my most anticipated games, mainly because I really, really liked The Witcher 2. I thought it was some of the best mature storytelling, some really good nuanced combat and gameplay. It, it's an RPG nerd's dream. <laughs> um, so I'm very much looking forward to this. We don't need to dwell on it more than that, because I know neither of you two are big RPG fans, but just how they're, how CD Projekt Red is putting that game together and really taking their time with it to bring this story to a resolution uh, I'm very excited. They can take as much time as they need. I just want this game to be really, really good. Um, I probably will not be able to review this game because I'm very wrapped up in how well it does. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that looks awesome. Um, we'll move right on ahead. The next thing they showed off, and I'm still kind of confused about this, uh, is they brought up uh, Killer Instinct, and then they showed off you know another pre-rendered thing uh, called Phantom Dust. I, what is this? Do, do either of you two understand what this thing is? It's a remake, isn't it? Phantom Dust was on the original Xbox. Because um, I saw it at first, and I was thinking it was Crackdown, because it had the purple and blue auras and all that. Yeah, um, I thought the same. But yeah, it was, it was for the original Xbox. It was developed by Microsoft. I don't know much about it. I honestly had never heard of it. I thought it was a new IP. No, I, I actually said as much either. when we were going through cover. I'm like, oh, look, a new IP. And someone's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's directed by the guy who directed Panzer Dragoon. Or I'm sorry, the the Phantom Phantom Dust, the original one, I believe. So I mean, it's got a good pedigree in its background, and it was sort of a cult hit, from what I understand. But I, I really knew nothing about it. No, me neither. Um, the next game, and it, it's again, Ubisoft is continuing to tease us with more of the division. Uh, this game looks great. I want to play mm-hmm. this game. Um, the two other notes that are down were it had a great use of music in what they showed off, and the thing I want to know is, um, are the people that you are playing with in this game, are those AI teammates, or is that supposed to be a, some kind of no. uh, miming of the Xbox Live chat? I watched it again today because I wasn't sure the first time, but it was. I think it's people that you're playing with. Because at one point she said, oh, oh, yeah. I just sent Brad another invite. Because oh, he was like, where's okay. Brad? Um, so, yeah, I think they really are. Cool. Yeah. And it looked cool, didn't it? They had to take... Um, I had like a little mission to uh, take a, a building. Um, it looked quite easy. The, the level they showed, but yeah, graphically yeah. it's really stunning. Like properly, it I really think it's the prettiest thing I saw probably out of everything. Yeah, really good. They showed more of it off at the Ubisoft press conference where it was just a pre-rendered trailer. Uh, but it, I love that game setup. I think mm. it's a great premise and a great setup. I want to see more of it. I'm very excited. What was the premise? Basically, um, the the thing they showed off at the Ubisoft press conference was just a narrative setup of how this came to be. So. It starts by singing uh, just this really kind of sad Christmas carol. I forget which one they used. Uh, but it basically goes, and all the people are invisible in this pre-under cutscene. 
Um, but it basically goes through like a very nice apartment in New York City and shows it just gradually becoming a hovel as the people who live there are dying or killing themselves because of this this plague that's going through. And then you mm. kind of get kicked out onto the street and you see people are infighting amongst each other. And then the division shows up and helps this guy who's being attacked. And then uh, a, a crew pulls up in like a garbage truck with like flamethrowers and gas masks. And it kind of sets up to be a showdown between the division and this crew of flamethrower wielding bad guys. Uh, and that's where it left it. But I was like, well, oh, that looks neat. I want to play that. <laughs> I think I'll pick that we up should. too. So hopefully awesome. we can play some of that together. Uh, the next game, I, I've made no secret, I don't really understand much about the culture of Japanese games um, or why they do the things they do. <laughs> but the next game up was Scalebound from Platinum Games. My three notes are WTF, um, headphones and dragons, question mark, yes. and then meh. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I know Platinum <laughs> Games is very good at what they do. They're very good at what they do. I know it is not for yeah. me, but I imagine fans of Platinum Games have to be excited about this. But again, what is this game? What What's going on here? I don't know. So it's some sort of dragon killing hack and slash thing but i've never seen dragons that big before they were enormous huge huge things and the guy himself you know was scale bound right yeah. he, like he jumps up to attack the dragon and then scales cover him yes so that's while he's got his headset on um i mean i'm excited i love platinum games and before e3 they you know the rumor was platinum was going to announce something um and people thought maybe it was a new beautiful joe game um, and that didn't pan out, but that's fine. I mean, I've played Vanquish, I've played Bayonetta, I've played Beautiful Joe, and I loved all of them. They're very Japanese, so if you don't like the Japanese thing, you'll just not like them. I mean, I've heard things of good things about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, um, but I haven't played that myself. Anakin Reigns is their other title, it's all multiplayer. But um, they've got a great pedigree, um, and it's different. It's a new IP, so that's always exciting. Yes. So I'm, I mean, I, I probably won't get it at launch unless it you know, really comes out that people are really talking it up, but um, I definitely will have that on my radar for the future. And did they say if this is exclusive to the Xbox One or first on Xbox One? I didn't. Yeah, neither did I. I didn't see any exclusive. I've made a note of most of them, and I didn't see one on this. So. Right. Yeah, because they always started their trailers with exclusive on yeah. or whatever. I, I don't. I don't recall seeing that. Um, just. Mm-hmm. It's unusual for Microsoft to get the big, you know, big announcement from a Japanese gaming studio. So I think that's really more what it was is is getting that out there. Well, a um, couple of final announcements from the Microsoft press conference were the the thing they kind of closed their show with was a new Crackdown mm-hmm. showed a pre-rendered uh, thing. It, it looks nice, but I, I'm not really interested in Crackdown. Michelle, I think you are a yes. bigger Crackdown person. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on this uh, new? As much as they showed, what are you, what are you thinking here? Um, I confused because I couldn't tell after that trailer if it was a new Crackdown or a remake of the first Crackdown. Um, so I I really don't know. I mean, I'm excited, and it's something I will definitely keep my eye on and continue to see how it progresses. I actually never played Crackdown two, so if I'm looking at it just as someone who played Crackdown one, it looks like a Crackdown 1 remake, because they showed an agility orb and, you know, all that stuff. And, mm. But, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. They were into I, it I'm as well. I'm going to get it either way. It's just a great game, like, great turn off your mind and just shoot at things game. It's not something you play for a deep story. Yeah. 
I really enjoyed. I think I played more of Crackdown Two than I played of Crackdown One. I didn't finish either game by a long shot, but I, I did really enjoy the time I had in them. And I think the cool thing about Crackdown Two, I don't think there was multiplayer in Crackdown One, was when you joined up with someone else who was uh, even more powerful than you uh, online, and you teamed up. And I think they're bringing that to this from what I remember of the trailer. So um, that would be cool. But yeah, I think it. I think it was a remake of Crackdown One rather than a new game. Which is a shame, and I think we should probably discuss that trend um, maybe once we've finished yeah. the rest of the conference. Yeah. Because there was a lot of that going on. Well, then Microsoft just closed it out by, they mentioned Destiny, but they didn't show anything. And we've already chatted about that, how Sony's mm-hmm. probably got that on lockdown. It makes me feel like I need to go watch the Sony conference so I can see what they showed off with Destiny. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited about Destiny. I've already pre-ordered it just because... On the strength of Bungie's pedigree, and from what I've seen so far, I've already pre-ordered that game. Also, pre-ordering it through Amazon got me into the beta in July. Uh, so, yeah. But that was the Microsoft show. Uh, it was... I think, overall, it was pretty solid. Um, nothing really... There weren't any brand new announcements that set my world on fire. Like, they didn't show anything that made me feel, I need to have this game that I didn't know existed until just now. I didn't see that thing. Mm-hmm. No. I think the problem with that is, and I don't think you'll see that... I mean, I think Watch Dogs was probably the last one where that happened. But I think it's very difficult to develop a game to the point where you can show it and people want to see it with it, with it still being a secret, if yeah. you see what I mean. So you need to probably put four years into it. Like, we just saw the Limbo thing. Four years. I, I knew nothing about that. They've been developing that in secret for four years. And they could have showed more of it, presumably, right. than the 10 seconds that they showed but yeah watchdogs uh, somehow you'd be managed to keep that quiet up until e3 which was two years mm-hmm. ago i believe um when that was when that was first shown but you know they a game has to be developed to quite a high level of um standard and quite you know almost be although it was two years later that it came out it almost be finished enough for them to show gameplay that you think wow that looks incredible because otherwise it's just an idea isn't it really my personal half-life 3 is now fallout 4 like that's the game mm. once that gets announced i'm like yep Done. That's I keep what that's that's the game that would make me be like, yes, I need this. I need this now. Um, right. And, and if not that, it's a new IP. Um, everything else to me right now is just like, yes, we know Two K is working on more Bioshock. I will. I will be interested in that. Um, we'll transition to talk a little bit more about EA here in a minute. But they teased in the EA press conference that they're working on the next Mass Effect. They showed off some nice looking conceptual prototypes. Uh, but we're still Come a ways on. away from them showing off much there. Um, again, EA also teased Star Wars Battlefront, um, just did some behind-the-scenes stuff. It, it was really sexy, but it was, like, all hype. Nothing really real was there. And then they said they'll show more in 2015. Mm-hmm. So that's presumably not even releasing until 2016, I, maybe? Yeah, I mean, could I could see them... 2015. And... Yeah, I could see them trying to line something up with the release yeah, of the guess, next yeah. movie, which right. is holiday 2015. Yes, um, of course it is, yeah. Probably not, like, intricately tied into the movie, but... Assuming Harrison Ford's foot recovers from his uh, door injury. Han Solo is just going to have the ghetto. It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's, he hasn't aged He'll well. Be, yeah. Um, I don't, you know, thinking back on the Microsoft conference as a whole, like, and it, I don't know how to say this without it sounding bad, but like, just talking about games is a little boring. You know, like, I, I think some of the excitement is seeing the new and Games are just we just these are very established franchises for the most part. There weren't like you were just saying no big IPs, so it's kind of like we heard a lot of what we knew. They completely delivered on their message. We're going to talk about games, and they talked about games, which is wonderful. 
but it didn't leave that buzz at all right. that you get from the big conference. I totally agree with that. There was not that big talking point moment that everyone was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was from anyone. I, I don't think, I, having watched the Sony Prefs conference, I don't think they had that big moment either. Nintendo Nintendo's conference was like 20 minutes. Um, and they didn't really have that. Well, cause Nintendo sort of changed their, they don't really do much with E3. They do a monthly conference yes. on their own now, but they announced the new Zelda. They announced the new Star Fox and that's great, but these are franchises they've always announced. So yeah. just everybody kind of went out there and did the safe thing. And, and they talked about games, which is what we're in this for, but it, it that, that excitement about E3 kind of was tempered by that. Um, I was excited by Sunset Overdrive. I thought that looked cool. That was, that was a big mm-hmm. one for me, but yeah, there was a lot of, there's a lot of franchise, but that's just what that's what happens now, isn't it? That's just the yeah. way the yep. the industry's evolved. I mean, if we even if we look at the the games that um, we made notes on that were not in the MS conference, there's again almost all existing IP. So we've got Far, Far Cry Four, Batman Arkham Knight, um, Metal Gear Solid Five, GTA Five being remade for Xbox One and PS4. Um, which, by the way, the trailer of that is unbelievable. Uh, it looked amazing on the 360, but it just looks drop-dead gorgeous on the one. But yeah, let's talk about... I mean, I haven't seen much of those other games. I wanna, yeah. I haven't seen anything of Far Cry 4, and I'm, I, I'm sort of quite pleased. I've pre-ordered it, having okay. heard about it, but mm-hmm. um, I loved Far Cry 3. Well, well Rich, what you need to do, um, you can find Ubisoft's entire press conference on YouTube. They kicked off their okay. press conference with Far Cry 4. It's like the first five-minute cutscene from that game, Ooh. and it looked... It got me interested in that game, and I was not interested in it. Um, and it got me to sit up and pay attention. Um, yeah, three's a great game. You should. I, I played three. I oh, you did. You didn't really like it. I here's the thing. I thought Far Cry Three was fun, but it was kind of a weird. It, it was like a weird chili almost. How chili combines a lot of the things I like, mm-hmm. like spicy food and you know vegetables and meat, and I like all that stuff, and it's all together, but. The story for Far Cry 3, I hated the story. I hated almost all the characters in it. The, the gameplay yeah. was fun, but I'm the characters like... Characters were annoying. I'm like, you, you take stuff I like from Assassin's Creed, like the climbing. You take gunplay that I like from other games. You take exploration and open-worldness that I like. You put that all together, yeah, that, that's fun. But I had zero care about anything in the story. Um, and I really didn't like any of the characters. Yeah, that's fair. But, um, okay, so give me a quick... Quick pricey of four. What, what, what happens? Okay, so uh, Far Cry 4, the cutscene opens. You're on a bus, and it looks like that traditional you know, third world bus you've seen in a million television shows mm-hmm. where there's a monkey on the bus with you, and <laughs> some guy says, give me your passport, and he puts like money in it, and you're stopped at a checkpoint where there's militants outside with like AK-47s, and, and then just the, the, the crap hits the fan. <laughs> like the, these mills and guys start shooting people and you're trying to scramble off the bus and people are dying. And then all of a sudden everything stops and the helicopter lands and the guy who is on the front, the cover art, like steps off this helicopter has words with one of the guys, the guys like, I told you to stop the bus, not shoot the bus. <laughs> and then he just viciously kills him with like a pen knife. <laughs> Oof. That's the way I want to go. Yeah, and, and then he, he's like getting all buddy-buddy <laughs> with you as the lead character. Like, hey, let's take a selfie. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to mess stuff up. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here? This is insane. <laughs> so presumably all new yeah. characters, nothing to do with the three um, no, at all. No, totally new characters. Okay. Uh, yeah, awesome. it looks neat. Um, but uh, 
let's let's just talk about Ubisoft. We can circle back to to EA because there are a couple things in EA we'll want to talk about. But Far Cry Four, like I just said, wow, that is a setup. I'm now interested in this game, and that's an excellent way to kick off a show because that was the attention grabbing thing that coming out of U- Ubisoft had a lot of strong stuff that they showed off in their press. Conference. Yeah, they always yeah. do. They've got great um, IP. Yes, they do. But they transitioned from Far Cry Four into Just Dance 2015. It's you know, people like it. <laughs> yes, yeah. we can. We yeah, can skip over that. I imagine there's dancing yeah. and songs. No, no. They they did introduce a new feature to it that's interesting if you're into it. Um, with as always with with the game, it records you while you dance. But what you can do now, I it seems, is you can record yourself dancing to the song, and if the you upload them and the developers are actually going to look at them and they're going to take the best bits of choreography they see from users and then develop new choreographies with the user choreography in the videos. So that's kind of a, a neat thing that, you know, you might be actually uploaded with an official developer video using your that choreography That's the last thing song. I would want to happen. Me too. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't <laughs> let recording on my my connect at all. But for people who are into yeah, that, you know, that's, that's true. it's something different. It is something new yeah. to the franchise. So it's not that they just came out and went, here's a new skin. They actually are. Yeah, the other thing they showed off, and it's, it. it's not consoles, so we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it, but they announced some sort of like smartphone integration where you can download an app for your smartphone. That mm-hmm, smartphone yeah. app will sync with either a web-enhanced TV or a tablet or a laptop, and basically anyone with a smartphone can play together while viewing it on a second screen. So really, that looked neat. But I, I'd never do that. And then they brought out a bunch of models and dancers to do it on stage, and I was just like, "Ugh, let's yeah, let's <laughs> smile and dance with a smartphone in our hand." Other yeah. things Ubisoft showed off. They showed off the division, which we already touched about. Um, basically, just a pre-rendered, more pre-rendered BS, as I said. But it it looked good. Um, <laughs> then they showed off the game that you're going to be into, Rich, which is the Crew. Um, my notes here were: oh, if no, I were into I racing games, I would think this would be cool. Um, yeah, I was so excited for the crew last year, and then I played it at Gamescom, and um, the handling okay. was one of the worst handling driving games Ooh. I've ever experienced. So um, I this was top of my want list well, uh, before I played it. You may want to jump back in, because they do have a closed beta that they announced during the press conference, so if you go to the website, okay. you can get into the beta and see if they made it better. I'll, I might do that, because they have to have sorted that out. I mean, every single car handled identically, whether it was on... Like then they were complete. One was a jeep, like one was a sports car, and they all handled exactly the same. Whether you were on like off road or in the city or on the racetrack, it was just mm-hmm. it was just awful. So I might do that yeah. because they mu- they must improve that game. It was it had a cool idea. The principle, the 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 idea that you go and like do heists as a team in cars was was a cool thing. But um, yeah, okay, I will. I will um, do that. They then showed off more of Assassin's Creed Unity, so they devoted more time to it, but they had another pre-rendered video. Then they also, this is something that I don't know if I'm bothered by this or not, but they played another cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World, um, which was in um, Bioshock Infinite, and then they did a new take for this Mm -hmm. one, which, it makes sense in both contexts, because, you know, Assassin's Creed Unity is all about the French Revolution and the uprising of the people. Um, But we've already talked about that quite a bit, uh, it it looks like more Assassin's Creed, and I'm I'm really burned out on it. Yeah, but yep. it's probably going to sell a bajillion copies. Every studio Ubisoft owns is probably working on it, and yeah, <laughs> that's their that's their baby. Um, they mm-hmm. then introduced a new fitness game called Shape Up. Ah, I watched part of that today. Yeah, 
And I said, this looks okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, ga- or putting some gaming into doing an exercise. Yeah, routine. I like the principle of it, but the problem is it yeah. looks like you need two people um, to play yeah. locally. Or you just compete against yourself. Like, the one thing they showed off on oh, stage okay. is that it's going to record how you've done yeah, you, and then make mm-hmm. you compete against yourself to do better. So the idea was it was mini games that were tied to a certain exercise. So yes. you would be playing a mini game on screen by doing exercises uh, well, presumably. Yes. Um, uh, but it was an interesting, interesting, right. interesting but expected take on a fitness game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was neat. There's nothing else that's sort of competitive like that, is there, fitness-wise, right. I don't think. Not it was really. like almost like a WarioWare title, wasn't it? Um, yeah, not that straight mini yeah, games. I, I can, say, I can see the comparison, yeah. The next game they showed off... Um, was another one, uh, Valiant Hearts, The Great War. And this mm-hmm. looks incredibly sad, but really compelling. Um, it's based on uh, letters that soldiers wrote during World War One, and the stories that were contained in those. Um, the graphics look, you know, very 2D, hand-drawn. Um, but there's a dog in it, and dogs always get me. Like, <laughs> if, if anything bad happens to that dog, I would cry. <laughs> I just know it. Um <laughs> But this is a game, it's coming out very soon, I think, like this month, actually. End of June, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. want to check this game out, because it looks it looks like something really compelling that tells a story in a way only a video game can. Right. So this looks like something very artistic that I want to look into, just to see what it does as far as telling a very non-traditional video game story in a video game. Yeah, I'm. If you look around site too, this this one's actually gotten a a decent deal of buzz from our users, um, because of the look and the trailer's sad. You know, a lot of people uh, wrote on the E3 trailer story like that nearly made me cry, but I'm not gonna admit to that, you know. Um, and I, I mean, I'm excited because it's built on the Ubi uh, frame art, which is the same engine they used to build Rayman. So, um, you know, it's. Definitely a good engine. It, that 2D look is fantastic. Uh, you just hope that the gameplay matches up to it. Um, but And they also did a cool thing with it where they encouraged people to send in their World War One memorabilia. Um, and then they took some of it and they digitized it and put it into the game as collectibles. So there's really wow. neat stuff going on with it. That's right. Um, and it's yeah coming out June 25th, so uh, from 11 oh. days from this recording. All right. I'll have to oh, find yeah, out I'm more totally going to check that out now. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yay, now I'm excited about something. There you go. <laughs> um, and then uh, something else that I got excited about. Uh, Ubisoft closed their show with pre-alpha multiplayer footage of Rainbow Six Siege. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And the setup they showed was basically two teams. One team has taken a hostage in this house, and they're like fortifying this house. And another team is like a SWAT team trying to break into the house to free the hostage. It looked really neat, um, very cool, but I'm starting to get a little weary of so many games that have this multiplayer necessity to it. Yes. Um, Because that is a game where it looks like it's five versus five, so you're going to need five people on your team to play against another team of five to really make it happen. But it looked really cool. Um, Okay. So what happened to Rainbow Six... Patriots. They took it out back and shot it. <laughs> yes, it's been, and I don't know. Been, uh, it, nobody has said anything about it for the it's longest been renditioned time. Renditioned away. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a really good question. I think a lot of people are asking that question, and I don't think anyone's gotten a good answer yet. Okay. But yeah, Ubisoft showed off some really solid stuff. I mean, 
I think we're all excited about the division. Far Cry 4 looks great. Um, we've already, Valiant Hearts looks cool. I'm going to follow Rainbow Six Siege pretty closely. Um, and and j- I think it's worth mentioning, Aisha Tyler hosted the Ubisoft press conference again. And she she's is just good. awesome. Yeah, she's it. really good. Because she stays on script enough, but goes off script to make it personal. And I think it's great. So I was going to say, so Michelle and mm-hmm. you both thought that um, the Microsoft and Sony um, conferences were lacking in something. Do you think that's because EA and Ubisoft keep so much for their own conferences? Like, if these guys weren't doing them, then Far Cry 4 would have been on one of those. Well, Far Cry was in the um, Sony conference. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, but you know what I mean. They, they, yeah. they, they, they keep a lot of that stuff for themselves. Um, they could. So maybe that's why they... But I think they, it's also... It also talks to the strength of first-party development right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what does Microsoft have in the pipeline that's first-party? Um, we know Black Tusk is working on Gears. Uh, 343 is working on Halo. I was actually surprised we saw no Gears. No mention of Gears. I'm not actually not surprised, because... because There's a lot of Halo, though, wasn't there? There's so. a lot of Halo, but, uh, I mean, Black Tusk has only been, in theory, working on Gears for, what, four months? Something um, like that, yeah. The most they could have shown is people working on something in content. <laughs> <laughs> Sad in office. What I think was interesting, though, is they didn't show any Gears as part of the, the show, but when they did their video at the end that sort of recapped everything, they did throw in a, a Gears logo. Hmm. So... No. All right. Okay, so tell us about EA. What um, my favorite note, and I made this note, um, Andrew Wilson, the, the new guy in charge of EA, he could be a Bond villain. Because <laughs> he, he's, <laughs> he's good looking, he's very suave, he's got the English accent, you, you don't really know what he's thinking. He hey, looks like he could be a Bond me. villain. Um, Perhaps I'm the, I'm the new Bond sure, villain. Sure-ish. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, but we, we talked about, they opened it by just showing that DICE is working on Star Wars Battlefront. Um, so they showed concept okay. stuff. They showed some art. They didn't show anything "quote unquote" real, but they say they're going to show mm-hmm. off more in 2015. Um, okay. We already talked a little bit about Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, then Bioware mm-hmm. stepped up, talked more about the next Mass Effect, and then said, "Yeah, we're still working on a new IP in Edmonton." So there are three games coming from Bioware. We've got Dragon Age Inquisition, wow. the next Mass Effect, and then this new IP. Did they give any sort of timescale for Mass Effect? I assume it's not too... I would imagine they're not going to officially announce it until next year, which means we probably won't get it until holiday of 2015, or they've been one who tends to release now in like January, so I can see January 2016 maybe. Which I quite like, actually, because there's there's normally a bit of a lull lull then. Yeah, exactly. Um, They showed off The Sims 4, which I have no interest in. Are they only up to number four? Well, I think they release a lot of, like, expansions. <laughs> yeah, they do expansions. Right, okay. And they have, like, the Sims Medieval, yeah. Sims Pets, and, and things like that, so. Okay. Yeah, they showed off more UFC um, featuring Bruce Lee. Um, I wrote that this looks okay, but it all looks kind of robotic. Uh, I don't play the UFC games, um, but they're no. there. Uh, they showed off the next NHL game with a little bit of screenshots and gameplay. Gameplay looks next-gen. It did not feature any Columbus Blue Jackets, though, so it's a failure. Um, <laughs> will not, will not purchase. Uh, Criterion stepped up and showed off a little bit of their new game, but they didn't really say much about it, except that it's going to feature tons of different vehicles. So they showed ATVs, helicopters, boats, like wingsuits, jet skis, snowmobiles. This could be one for me. That, I love Criterion. That like one they're, for me. they're a great racing developer. Uh, they spent some time... More time talking about their sports franchises, which, I'll be quite honest, I just skipped over it. 
uh, because you know EA is working on Madden, you know EA is working on an NBA game, you know EA is working on college football. And yeah, FIFA. I watched the FIFA 15 trailer today, which just looked like more pre-rendered um, BS, as you would probably delightfully put it. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't really show me anything new. But that yeah. game's out in two months, I think. So it's a shame you don't get to see actual in-game gameplay footage when the yeah. game's so close. Um, they showed off Dawngate, which is their new MOBA, uh, which we don't really need to talk about because it's probably not coming to consoles. Uh, and then there are two kind of closer announcements. Um, they showed off Mirror's Edge 2 work in progress, which looked super interesting, and it makes me want to play Mirror's Edge. Mm. I still have never played Mirror's Edge, mainly because the achievement list scares oh, me really? Yeah, it's hard, but um, it takes uh. a while. That game is not a game where you can play Mirror's Edge and then leave it for a, a week and play a different game right, because you absolutely. will have completely forgotten the weird control scheme. It has a weird control scheme that did my head in quite a bit, but I never finished it. But I did enjoy what I did play. Yeah. It's got very cool um, stylization. Very and, and that looks to be carried forward into Mirror's Edge too. They talked a, quite a bit about how they're designing Faith and why Faith is designed the way she is and why she fights the way she does and how she moves and how they're bringing in actual, they're bringing in more parkour experts so they can observe how they move and get their input on how Faith should move as she traverses through the game. So well, it looks like first person you never see her actually moving. <laughs> you just see mm-hmm. the wall. <laughs> well, you yeah, do you see like her hands. Her hands. Her <laughs> That's true. Right. Um, yeah, Mirror's Edge is worth playing though. Definitely okay. is an experience. Mm. Yeah, it's a great game, and yeah, it's exactly. unique. You're not going to see anything else really like it. I almost bought it a couple of months ago because it was on just ridiculous yeah, sure sale so for like cheap. four or five bucks or something. But I didn't because the achievement list scared me off. Um, I hate being Terrible that guy. To I know. I hate Terrible being that reason. guy. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, EA then closed out the show, and I, I don't know if either of you've seen this yet. But Battlefield Hardline. I watched uh, gameplay footage from Twitch. So I tried to re-watch the E3 show, but I couldn't actually figure out where to do it. And basically, it looked like Twitch had exclusive rights to almost everything. But the problem is Twitch is a streaming thing, so that you can't watch something from the beginning. So you go. I tried to watch the E3 thing, uh, the EA E3 thing, and it was just a whole ton of Battlefield stuff, but it started right in the middle of it. Um, and I watched quite a lot of it, but it looked, it looked cool. I think I, I just Google searched, like, EA... EA E3 2014 conference and EA's website popped oh, up with they a YouTube got it on video. There, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This had an interesting hook in that it's cops versus robbers. Here's here are my I have a couple of thoughts and we can definitely talk about this. First thought I have is that this is from Visceral, which is interesting because Visceral famously made Dead Space, but I think it's kind of sad that they're forcing Battlefield onto them. Mm. Secondly, cops versus robbers, I think it's a really interesting dynamic. But I'm also, it? it's not Battlefield. <laughs> I think this game thing. would be better if it got away from the whole Battlefield yeah, thing. Yeah, they should have a new IP. Yeah, especially since Battlefield's kind of, you know, got a, a stink on it now. After their the total yeah. just yes, that's mess up point. Yeah, of the last Battlefield reason. launch. Yeah. Even more reason to change it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what kind of juice they're getting out of calling this a Battlefield game. Yeah, I agree. It's weird, because it's not a Battlefield game. Well, it... <laughs> I think this still comes down to we don't think like the casual person walking into a GameStop who's about to buy a game today. You know, they're looking and they go, hey, it's a Battlefield game. You know, the, yeah, the guy working point. behind the ha- counter goes, hey, they announced a new Battlefield game. I know you like Battle. Oh, great. I'll put my $5 down. They're not thinking about it the way you do. Like, oh, Battlefield 4 was a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's not really like a typical Battlefield game. And they've been doing this forever, calling franchises and just sticking a name yeah. on it because the, the name will attach. 
Um, you know, even a game like Halo Wars, did that necessarily yeah, need true. to be a Halo? No, you could have reskinned it completely differently and yeah, made it a new Halo. IP in that genre. But Halo sells copies. It's the same thing they're yeah, doing here. That's a fair point. But Halo hadn't just had a disastrous release yeah. where nothing worked. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, they may be using that this as true, an yeah. attempt to rebrand after. Yeah, that's true release. as well. It did look cool. I mean, I like the idea of of having something that's just not. a second world war shooter or a modern day shooter it, it, it looked interesting the footage i saw anyway mm-hmm. yeah um so that's pretty much all i've seen thus far I, i've had as i mentioned in a couple different places i've had just an insane couple of crazy weeks uh between my job job kicking into high gear and then us moving uh, out of our house in ohio into stuff in north carolina yeah, so i'm still catching up on uh, <laughs> you did very well. the other announcements don't, don't knock but, yourself down <laughs> um but i'm just kind of scrolling through our e3 hub which you should definitely check out um, because that is where all of our e3 news is collected um the things that are jumping out to me are double finds massive chalice is going to come to the xbox one uh, mm-hmm. i want to learn more about that check that out um i tend to like things double fine does uh, so that's cool. Um, we didn't really talk about Mortal Kombat X. Uh, no. I don't think any of us are big fighting game fans, no. but from what I've seen of that game, you know, it looks like next-gen Mortal Kombat, and I'm sure it's going to be super popular. <laughs> see, uh, Alien Isolation showed off more stuff. That is a game that'll probably make me soil myself. You know, I thought I saw <laughs> in passing that the response to it wasn't that great, because um, someone from the development team like took to Twitter or whatever to defend it or something like that. There, there was some deal with the showing of Alien Isolation, where it didn't do as well as was hoped. Hmm. Uh, one thing, the, the critiques that I've heard about this game are that it's incredibly hard and that mm. the alien is super smart in it. Okay. Uh, so you have to really be careful as you... Like, this is survival horror. It's not you're trying to kill an right. alien. You're trying to survive. Right, gotcha. Um, okay, that makes sense. And, gosh, I don't know if I can bring myself to play that game. <laughs> it's, it's creepy. Um, Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham... Um, was announced. Uh, it's uh, again. It's more of Lego Batman. Justice League characters are in it, I guess. Uh, so that's coming out. Um, Arkham Knight is showing off more stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing some some skepticism about Arkham Knight, mainly surrounding the use of the Batmobile. Like, why does the Batmobile have to be in there when you can glide around the city so much? I just I still don't understand why they're shoehorning that in. I I don't know. That's just me though. And there's a new Doom game coming. Yes. I yes. just mm-hmm. noticed. Well, that's cool. Which is on the heels thing. of Wolfenstein, and everything yeah. I've been hearing about Wolfenstein is that it's fabulous. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, I hear good stuff about that too. Like I, That is probably, once I've had my fill of Titanfall, <laughs> I may have to, to pick up Wolfenstein, because that sounds like it's right up my alley from everything I've heard. Um, see, anything... What else? Uh, Michelle, what, what have you taken away from E3 that we haven't talked about yet? Um, well, I think... One thing we didn't talk about, because we're obviously talking more about Xbox and stuff, but I'd watched the Sony conference, too. And and Sony was similar in that they did also mostly focus on games. They announced a couple other things, like PS uh, Vita TV is coming to Europe and, and America. Um, but they mostly were game-focused. But the message was different, and, and for good reason. Sony was a very... It struck me as a very stereotypical press-centered conference because it was very statistics-driven, you know, where the number oh. one this and the number one that. And, and they said about 20 times in the first five minutes, and it looks better on the PlayStation 4, and it looks better on the PlayStation <sighs> 4. And they just kept hammering that point. It was distracting. 
Like, I'm like, I, I get it. I got it the first time. My eye doesn't really discern 1080p versus whatever else, but you, you want to keep telling me that that's fine. I, you know, we see in 24 frames per second, but 60 is nice. That's great. Um, <laughs> but they really were hammering that point a lot. But they also showed a lot of games. Um, they It felt to me like they were very even up. So Microsoft announced announces Evolve Beta to Xbox One, and then Sony announces Destiny Beta first to PlayStation 4. Yeah. And um, uh, Sony goes, okay, we have this game from this Japanese studio. I think it's Bloodborne. And Microsoft goes, we have a game from a Japanese studio. It's scale-bound. Like, it felt very one-for-one. One. Like, yeah. neither yeah. one really outdid the other. And it seems like neither conference... It was also the case that neither conference wooed people from the other console to come to that console. Mm -hmm. They both really mm -hmm. hit all the high notes for their current user base, for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, and that's a big shift from last year, where it was all pitch, 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 pitch. You know. Yeah. Well, they had new consoles. Yeah. To, right. To promote. And um, uh, I imagine this is the as the first year after that big new thing. This is going to be a bit of a absolutely. Goal, I guess. And um, one big thing that was shown at Sony's floor that will likely come to Xbox One, but hasn't been confirmed, was No Man's Sky. Right. That's a game I'm very interested in. Right. It's a new game from Hello Games, uh, which made Joe Danger. Oh, right. Um, cool. And this generated a, a lot of buzz. It was just... It, because it's totally different from Joe Danger. You know, you can just... It's completely open world in that you can travel from planet to planet. If you see something off in the distance, you can go there. I'm not exactly sure what the like the overall point of the game is, but it was generating a ton of buzz. And... Um, they they were part of the E3 conference for Sony and said, you know, it's going to make its console debut on the PlayStation 4. So they didn't use the word exclusive, which implies we'll see it on Xbox One. No. Um, but they were very tight-lipped about that. So hmm. we don't know for sure. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, it was, uh, you know, pretty pretty standard. They, they really, there were no huge differences. Sony's conference was two hours where Microsoft's was one and a half. And Microsoft also had a half-hour pre-show. Um, yeah. They announced Happy Wars coming yep. to the Xbox One during that pre-show, which we didn't cover. I was just going to talk about um, that. They talked, yeah. Oh, okay. And they also talked about the Achievement app, mm -hmm. uh, Snap app that's coming up. So, um, But in the end, both both were very successful conferences. Both were quiet. Uh, as we said earlier, nothing really set the world on fire, but there's plenty to look forward to. And I think it's setting up a really big 2015. Yes. I, and I, and I think we can look back on this, and I'm really glad in hindsight that we did – talk about the best games of the generation um, at the end of last year, because mm -hmm. it really shows that generations really start to kick into gear about year between years two and four is when mm -hmm. you tend to see those landmark games. So 2015 really feels like it's going to be that year when we're going to see those big AAA monster games. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, another big game that was announced dead Island two. I have zero interest in it, Oh yes. but it's coming. <laughs> um, yeah. It's got eight players this time, right? Yeah, drop in, drop out. Up to eight people can join you on Xbox One. So uh, that'll be huge. A different development team, yeah. too. It's no longer Techland. It's Jaeger now. Um, who did uh, Spec Ops, I want to say. And then uh, EA and Respawn announced a pretty big Titanfall update with new game modes. Uh, so I was mm -hmm. locked in on that because I'm still playing Titanfall quite a bit. <laughs> uh, but Marked for Death sounds really neat. Uh, it sounds kind of like Capture the Leader mode from Gears of War where... Um, at the beginning right. of every round, one pilot's going to be marked for death, and everyone has to hunt down <laughs> um, the that pilot on the opposing team. Uh, two versus two, last Titan standing, uh, called Wingman. Um, Titans are going to get burn cards now, uh, and then you can do more Titan customizations. Uh, and then some just general matchmaking updates. 
But I'm glad that um, they're injecting a little bit of flavor into Titanfall. Not that I'm tired of it yet. Um, I'm down to my last couple of achievements that I need to pop in it. Uh, ones that will take me forever to pop. So we'll see if I actually <laughs> go for the full achievement. Um, I still need to get uh, 50 last Titan standing wins, which I'm about a little over halfway there. Then I have to unlock wow. everything, kill all the pilots during a single evacuate or doing an evacuation single handedly. I was one kill away from that this past week. Oh, no. One yeah, kill away. And that was like in the first week. <laughs> I remember we, we were playing together that time, and it was one person. Well, no, who... just this week again. I was one kill oh, you away. Did again? Um, Someone I know got it because everyone disconnected on the other team, and there was one guy, so oh, he killed handy. the last guy. You got to boost that, yeah. haven't you? Somehow. Yeah, I, I boosted yeah, it. Maybe. Um, but I'm I'm almost at Gen Eight. Uh, so I'm getting nice. there, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited nice. to see more Titanfall goodness. I hope they add some more achievements and challenges to it. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done that yet. You know, it's, um, I know this is a bit of an aside and off E3, but what's great with the Xbox one updating is the other stuff that gets stealth updated when you get mm-hmm. a title update, like in Titanfall, you, they, they show now, did you play the IMC campaign or the, or the militia campaign? You can see exactly what levels you've played for the play every game mode on every map and these are just stealth added and updates mm-hmm. that's wonderful stuff all right um let's uh we've been talking for about two hours oh just about e3 wow. which is awesome uh we're gonna come back here in another <laughs> week or two and do more of a, one of our standard podcasts kind of pick up the the mm-hmm. late trickling news that's come out of e3 talk about new releases games we've been playing site updates and stuff like that but we really wanted to get an e3 show in the can before it got too old uh but let's just do a, a quick final thought about E3 from each of us. I'll give you two a minute to think and just jump in with mine. Um, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that this E3 was pretty much exactly what you would expect. Um, there weren't any big bombshell announcements. We didn't hear about any amazing new IPs. Uh, we got a bunch of sequel announcements, a bunch of uh, quite a bit more info on stuff we knew that was coming. Um, Nothing really set me on fire. Nothing's really sizzling to me. Uh, I'm I'm happy with what we got out of it, but I'm not overly enthused. Uh, I think Microsoft took a big step in the right direction. I think Phil Spencer was yes. an amazing mm-hmm. and inspired choice to kind of lead the Microsoft press conference, and they seem to really get better with their communication struggles that they had coming out of last year. Right. And I think it's it's good. Both consoles seem to be super solid going forward. I think... This is going to be a great generation for gamers in that both Sony and Microsoft are going to be working to court your dollars and your time. Um, and going forward, that, that's that's a great thing. So, um, Michelle, what what's kind of your takeaway thought from E3 here? Um, large scale, my thought is this is uh, the E3 of indie games. If you're into the Xbox universe, there was just they really they didn't showcase them on the main conference. If all you saw was the conference, you saw that one quick hit video, and that was it. But there is something in the range of 30 or 40 games presented for Xbox One that are all under idea at Xbox. And um, going back to last year where there was all this messaging issue, one of the places where they really shot themselves in the foot was with independent developers. And then they bent over backwards to get them back. We're going to get you free dev kits and we're going to give you all the support. And it seems to have worked. I I mean, just an incredible amount of independent um, games shown at at the show. And I think a lot of that is, you know, tied me over and, and, you never know within those independent games, you get the next angry birds thing that just makes it huge. So it's exciting to see mm-hmm. all that. Um, as a smaller thought, what happened to quantum break? Yes. I was, 
I this haven't was the game at, at last year's show where I was like, wow, I love Remedy. This is going to be fantastic. And where did it go? They released the teaser just before E3, which you would think means they're going to show it at E3. But that was like my big miss of the show. I was looking for more of that, and it just it didn't happen. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. We didn't see anything about that. Um, I would imagine we'll hear more about it at Gamescom because they're a European company, and I would imagine... I'd imagine, Rich, you're going to get to see more out of them at Gamescom. Yeah, my mm-hmm. press pass arrived this week, so that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be playing some games at Gamescom, and I can give you all the, the lowdown of that come So we're going August. to do another in-between uh, podcast for Gamescom, Rich, you think? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Um, my thoughts were, it was back to games, and that's what we really missed last year, so I was more than happy to do that. Unfortunately, I'm the type of gamer that plays a lot of the stuff that they were showing, so I, I there's probably seven or eight games in the Microsoft conference alone that I will be pre-ordering or have pre-ordered already, which is, um, you know, it's a huge amount of games, really. It's a lot, a lot to be playing, so I was very happy with it generally. Forza Horizons 2 was probably the game that I'll play most from it, but Sunset Overdrive was the thing that impressed me the most um, uh, from a you know, a new IP standpoint, especially. Um, but my overriding thought was, there's an awful lot of reboots, uh, HD remakes, and and that with with the Halo Master Chief Collection, um, with Crackdown probably being um, yet another remake with GTA V coming to Xbox One, um, which is fine. And as you say, Michelle, it's probably because there's a lack of other things, and it's easy mm-hmm. to do, and they know they'll sell. Um, you know, I'm still going to pick up Halo Master Chief Collection. I think it's a cool oh, yeah. idea. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I was happy with it. You're right, nothing was like... But really, I think it's rare that you have those oh my god, this new game looks absolutely incredible moment um, these days. Watch Dogs was the last one, and I you know, I picked that. Neither of you two have even bought Watch Dogs, have you? After, no, I don't no. Think, after all that, that fuss. So, you know, and I've played half an hour of it. I've had it two weeks, so... <laughs> I don't know. I was I was generally happy. You were also in a culture about things like that. Unfortunately, Watch Dogs came out and got something like an 82 average from Metacritic, and people are like, oh, it's average. There's, there's nothing wrong with an 82. But it definitely... Oh, it's good. It's, it's really good, but it, same with Titanfall. I think it had like an 86 or an 87, and people are like, oh, 86, that's that's no good. What? And so, But it's just that, that mindset about it has sort of like dampened some of it. The highest score you get is like a 92 or something, isn't it? I think, I would imagine... I think GTA had like a 95, oh, right, but okay. that's obviously exceptionally rare. Yeah. Um, so no, my general impressions were, were good ones, and then I will go back now and watch the Ubisoft and EA conferences in, in, in their entirety as well, I think. Um, sounds like there was a lot of stuff in there that I missed that looks good, so uh, I was happy. Sounds good. Well, uh, let's wrap this up, get it out of here. So um, you can always connect with us uh, individually, um, we're all on Twitter. Uh, Rich, you are at Richstone99, correct? I am. Michelle is at TA underscore Matriarch. I am at OSU Blue Jacket. Uh, If you don't already, be sure to follow at True Achievement. Um, All of our news uh, gets auto-posted to Twitter, so you can know anytime the front page updates with new news. And uh, Dave K runs a lot of the social stuff out of there for, like, uh, Milestone Mondays and just general questions. We knew we were really active during uh, E3 with tweeting out, live tweeting a lot of the press conferences. So make sure you're following following us on Twitter. Uh, you can join our Google Plus circle and the Facebook group. Uh, coming soon, the MySpace. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. Um, but uh, I think that's about it. So uh, on behalf of Rich and Michelle, I am OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay. We will see you back here in a couple weeks with a more standard podcast. But uh, enjoy 
those E3 presents, they've been opened and they're wonderful. And we'll catch you back here uh, a little bit later in the coming weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. <laughs>